Welcome back for another episode of our podcast where we've been spending some time talking about what it means to really follow Jesus in a, in a, in a real practical sense, not just something that sounds good in a church service or something that um, you mentally think is a good idea but practically doesn't actually happen. Uh, we would love to see uh, in our own lives but also in anyone's lives uh, to be able to actually live out these things that uh, Jesus had demonstrated and shown and spoke of that the, the scriptures as a whole reveal about who God is in our lives. All these kind of things uh, can, can sometimes sound overwhelming. It can sound like it's um, something only for the super spiritual, the super, uh, you know, elite that we have in our minds that we create that only those people can do it. Or uh, I, you don't know my struggles. Or you don't know my difficulties. You don't know my failures kind of mentality. And, and we just want to bring it into uh, something that just feels I, I can I can do that. <laughs> uh, I can take those steps. And, and wherever you may be on in that journey, for some, you may be just trying to figure out the very uh, basics of what it means to, to, to know Christ and to follow him. Others, maybe you've been following him for a long time, but you feel like you, maybe you've been stuck in a certain um, system that really is more about the system than it is about Christ. And, and you know, you're trying to kind of unpack that a little bit and, and trying to get to following Christ. So uh, that's kind of why we're here. If you're new with us, my name is Pastor Dan Hertzler. I'm a pastor at Refuge Church in Manor, PA. And uh, with me, I have these two guys. I'm Ryan. And I'm Mike. And uh, we just sit and talk and uh, kind of open up about different things and, and uh, kind of share what it means to, to be in that relationship. We've been talking about the idea of worship as as one of those key elements, we, we believe that God gives to us uh, disciplines or another word could be a, a rhythms that we are to uh, implement into our lives in a way that helps us to be re remember who God is and and who we are uh and uh some of those are you know reading his word and prayer and some of those are fasting or sabbath or silence or solitude meditation those types of things are all designed to help us stay on rhythm throughout our day uh, of keeping christ central or uh you know even if you think about the lord's prayers it's uh thy will be done not not our will be done so 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 how do we do that and not just wake up in the morning and then hope the next 12 hours goes well, but uh, it's throughout the day. And, and part of that is, is incorporating worship into our lives, not just gathering as a large group, although we've talked about corporate worship and, and the value of it, but it's being able to worship Jesus. Um, and and, and what, what does that mean? Uh, one of the kind of more famous uh, verses you may have heard someone share, someone uh, mentioned, or you, you maybe have heard this concept before, but it's Romans 12, 1 that says, uh, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And you may have heard that, again, be, being the concept of a living sacrifice or being holy and acceptable to God. Uh, this is our spiritual worship. So we wanted to kind of unpack that a little bit in this episode. What does Paul mean by that? What does that mean actually in our everyday life? What What is what is that compared to uh, just gathering or being in worship? And so, uh, you know, Ryan, I'll just throw it to you. When, when you hear this verse or you hear this phrase, kind of what's the first thoughts that go through your mind? 
Yeah, it's interesting because I, I, I remember, I couldn't remember how uh, chapter 11 ends, but I think it's it's worth reading that last verse. For It says, for from him and through him and to him are all things, to him be glory forever. And, and it's just interesting when you kind of pair that with, therefore, now present your bodies as a living sacrifice, which is your spiritual worship. Because God is 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 worthy in all things. Mm. Now we can worship him yeah. in all things. Yeah. And, and I think it just shifts kind of the whole sphere of what worship is and what it can be outside of just these specific blocks of time that we set aside yeah. as to how do I live a life of worship? How do I worship God as I work? Yeah. You know, how do I worship God as I, as I drive, you, yeah. you know, and I think it just, it takes you from this place of, you know, singing to, mm. uh, this reality of, wow, the things that I can do with my body, with yeah. my physical hand, you know, just the things in, in, you know, our day-to-day lives mm. that can be worship, yeah. you know, to God. And it just reminds me of, you know, when, when God kind of gives the charge to, Adam in the garden, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the earth. Yeah. There was this form of the, his commission to, to rule, you know, mm. and I think just, just kind of today with, you know, the kingdom of God, you know, being here, it's just as we walk, just realizing the kingdoms all around us. Mm. And as we're truly walking and, and living and doing, um, just really following Christ, that, that is a form of, of worship yeah. to, to God. Yeah. And I think, you know, too, truly, because God always loves the heart, you know, yeah. he's looking at the heart. Yeah. And I think what that sets you up for is just, just a recognition of, I can glorify God. I can worship God when I'm running the sweeper, <laughs> you know, when yeah. I'm running the vacuum, when I'm, you know, in a meeting at work and it just shifts things from, you know, it, it makes the Christian life so much more accessible. I feel like mm-hmm. in a, in something that is, that's livable Yeah. because it's not just these specific windows, yeah. um, which I think is, is kind of the heart of this is the living sacrifice. It doesn't yeah. end, yeah. you know, it doesn't die. It's always alive. Well, I think in, in that part too, and when we put ourselves, uh, okay, what were the readers, uh, of Paul, what was their context? What were they understanding? Mm-hmm. So, so they're coming from a mosaic idea of sacrifice, which yeah. causes death. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it was something that would be, uh, an event or something you would go do. Um, now Paul is using this term, uh, living. So, so that word living is significant. And what you're saying is it's not just something you go and do, but it's just as you're living, as yeah. you're going through life, uh, to be a living sacrifice, mm-hmm. Uh, again, the word sacrifice, offering before God, something we present to, to God. And so we present ourselves to mm-hmm. God by the mercies of what he's given to us. That's what all the other chapters of Romans were talking about. All this, uh, you know, this righteousness that's been given to us. Uh, we now are a living version of that. And and this is where it gets, it gets actually very difficult because it kind of would be easy if if I just had to go do that mm, and then mm-hmm. I was done and I checked it off the list and now I could go live. But, but Paul's saying this, this 
challenge or this response really is is something that is is going to be difficult uh, because it is you it is you're living it out um, that that is what is the act of worship and so uh, Mike uh, you know as you hear these verses or or this verse and and you think about living sacrifice or the, the whole thing what comes to your mind uh, there's not enough time in this podcast uh, I feel like there is a lot that comes to mind. I think about the first thing that jumps out at me is, um, this, this line that Paul says by the mercies of God, um, because it, it takes me back to Exodus 34, six, um, which begins, um, this is, this is when we, as the reader of like the scripture, we really learn who or rather what God is. And most of our translations say that he's compassionate and gracious. Mm-hmm. Um, some translations will read that as merciful and gracious. But what's interesting is in Hebrew um, writing, order really matters. Mm-hmm. Um, as I was learning about this and, and essentially what's important is this is the, 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 the primary aspect the primary driver of the character of God is his compassion, which is something that he is feeling. And then his grace, which is what he acts on. And the reason that I think that that's significant, um, and there's a lot more we could say about that. And we have said about that in the past is this appeal from Paul is by the mercies of God. It is essentially saying, don't forget how merciful our God is. I think sometimes, particularly whenever we come across this idea of sacrifice as it relates to worship, we always are kind of like, God's this buzzkill. Why am I always having to sacrifice something? And we kind of forget that, yes, Jesus bore the wrath of God, but not because God is um, an abusive father. And if that's how you relate to him. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like that's, that's not what the Bible really paints the picture out. It's, it's, it's rather God is so committed to redeeming the world that he chose to sacrifice himself through his son, yeah. which is incredible. And yet as people are coming to know him and, and, and throughout all of that, God is still merciful. His, yeah. he's created this universe where the, the, the highest value is essentially this love that he is demonstrating time and time again and and bringing it all back to the worship. I think sometimes we can get really excited and we should when we first encounter this love of God and it's awesome and we can feel validated. But once we've been saved only by grace and not because of anything we've done, we've been saved to do something, which is to show people in, in, in an alternative yeah. way of living that ultimately points them back to Jesus, to the same love. And, and it's almost remembering, Hey, remember God is still merciful. Yeah. Reorient your lives, keep working towards this end. And in and, and, and this act of obedience, this is such this glorious sacrifice because it is, it's hard. Yeah. This isn't necessarily an easy thing to do, but as we are continuing to worship, just as, as y'all were saying in the daily life and the daily grind, I, I, that's, that's what I start to think about. Well, I think what you're saying is, is, is vital because the, the order of operations is significant here. If, if, you know, those are math, math wizards or majors out there, you understand that concept of order of operations. If you mess it up, you get the wrong result. And if we mess up this order of operation and think our worship is what dictates the mercy of God or, or the goodness of God, 
or God's blessing, then we're going to continually think God is subject to our worship. In reality, uh, this worship is a reaction to what has already been given to us and who God is and uh, what Christ did on the cross and the righteousness that comes from him all happens first. And then we we react to that by by being a living sacrifice. And I think that raises a really good point, because sometimes we take for granted, uh, you know, if I think if you asked anybody, well, why do you worship God? I think many of us would say because he is God. But I don't think that's actually accurate. I think we worship God, not because he is God, but because of the kind of God that he is. Mm -hmm. If God was this warmongering jerk, Mm -hmm. maybe to get to heaven, but that he wouldn't be a very good God at all. It's the same thing with Jesus, right? It's good news that Jesus is Lord because of the kind of Lord that he is. Yeah, Yeah. exactly what you're saying. And, and in this is to say, so, so what does this mean? What, what does this look like? But Paul gives a little bit more clarity in the, in the next verse as he talks about it's, it's this process of not conforming to the world, but renewing your mind. So as Ryan says, you can, you can be mowing or vacuuming or in a meeting and renewing your mind in that sense. Um, you know, that we can, uh, do these types of things, um, while we're, living life and our our mind is not focused on what do i need what do i need to get how do i please whatever other god you may think about uh, or others have think about but it's to say how do i put my mind on on who god is so so ryan what, what does that part of it mean to you yeah i think you know the more you know god the more you're able to follow him and the more you're able to follow him, the more you're able to see just how incredible this God is, yeah. which leads to the worship, you know. And I think step one to just be able to worship God is you got to really know who he is. And and more than just, you know, like, like the, the word's got to get inside of you so that when you don't have your Bible, you know, when you're driving or, you know, whenever, that, that the word of God is you know, like honey, you know, it's like uh, the word just is so ingrained in you that it's sweet to the taste. And, you know, just even meditating on on the word of God can be a form of worship, you know? So I think it just really comes from knowing him, following him. And then it's just this cycle of, you know, you just kind of get pulled in more and more of, Mm -hmm. Lord, I know more of you. You know, I feel like I can worship you more because yeah. I know more of your nature, more of who you are um, and just in your goodness. So I think really it just comes down to letting the word come in. And that's the renewing of the mind is is letting that word really wash you, you know, yeah. and cleanse your mind, you know, and, and just bring you into a place where, um, you know, Christ isn't just you know, the last on your to-do list sure. that you have brought him now into your day yeah. and, and that his word is, you know, just kind of guiding you through this day. And obviously we're not going to do this perfectly, <laughs> but I think it's just being able to see that truly in, in a lot of moments in your life, you can, you can kind of just pause or take a moment or just recall, yeah. you know, who, who is this, this, this God, you know, who is this, this man, Jesus Christ. Um, and then I think that's, that's the place where this is, this is a deeper form of worship than just singing. Sure. Um, but I think the word is connected to it. And then just from that place, there just flows out 
of, you know, oh, thank you. Thank you, Lord. You know, just this praise is going through the day. Well, one of the things that I've learned and, and come to realize is that God does not, is not hiding. Okay. He, he wants to be known. He, he shows that through creation. He, he shows that through his word. He showed that, showed that through, um, Jesus walking in and breathing and being amongst us. So he, he wants to be known and, uh, we can know this God, which is, is a baffling concept, um, that we can do that. And in that, that, that begins to transform our, our thinking. You know, it's, if you've ever maybe have given something up that was bad for you, whether that was, you know, smoking or too much sugar or, you know, whatever. I remember a time when I, you know, as a kid drinking a lot of soda and, you know, just then stopping and, and, and then, you know, maybe you go back to it four years, five years later and you drink, you're like, Oh, that's awful. Why, why would I ever want that? It's like, it's almost like that's what the renewing of our mind is. It's, as we taste the goodness of God, we would, we would, we would desire that we would, we would, um, you know, yearn for that and, and no longer want anything of, of this life. And so when we're in a business meeting and our thoughts go to, okay, how can I, you know, swindle this company to get more money? Uh, and then we think, but wait a second, my mind has been renewed and, and I know who God is. And I know that this life is not what I'm aiming for shooting for. I know that thieves come and steal and rob and kill. Why, why, why would I go after those types of things when I can go after something eternal? That's, that's an act of spiritual worship that you now act upon that. And I think too, just, you know, I find for myself, I have to relearn the thing that I learned yesterday over and over and over again. Like I have to continually be reminded that Christ is enough because everything in the world tells you that, no, he's not enough. Mm -hmm. There's not enough. You have to, you know, (laughs) try this, try this, you know? And so I think, you know, there just is this reality of like seeing him rightly. You can worship him. Mm. You know, it just reminds me of this quote by uh, C.S. Lewis in the magician's nephew. But says the earth was of many colors. They were fresh, hot, and vivid. They made you feel excited until you saw the singer himself. And then you forgot everything else. Hmm. And it's just, I think, this reality of when, when you really see who Jesus is, it's like the things of the earth, they, they really do grow strangely dim. Yeah. But we got to keep seeing him. Yeah. We got to keep coming back because, you know, there's so many things that come in between all day long. And I think that's what the, the core of this living worship is. You got to keep looking to him. You won't worship him if you don't look to him. So Mike, what, what are your thoughts when you think about how does this play out? What does this look like practically? Even the concept of renewing your mind is an act of worship. Yeah. I think in terms of renewing our mind, um, there's certainly a lot there. I, I would probably lean into, um, just to kind of scratch the surface, what is our view of, of, of heaven look like? And, and I think the reason that I would say that is because, um, and I don't think that there's anything wrong with necessarily speaking of it in this manner, but at times our idea of heaven tends to more so line up with our dreams for our lives. Um, if it is having, you know, a mansion with the white picket house and the dog and the whole bit, that's probably because that's what you're working for. Um, if it is fishing with Jesus or golfing with Jesus, it's probably because that's, that's what you're working towards in retirement. Um, and, and I think some of that is a, a Western 
thought and, and, and the great Western philosopher Britney Spears once said, never doubt yourself, never change who you are. Don't care what people think and just go for it. And, and I think that that really wraps up, um, particularly for us in our context, how we are taught to live in, in scripture collides directly with that, particularly yeah. in this place. And, and, and I think we have to literally relearn mm. how to think we have to reshape cognitive patterns and, and, and understand that yes, like we're still waiting for the second coming of Jesus, but like part of God's plan for the renewal is, is essentially bringing Eden back to earth, that meeting of heaven and earth. The Holy spirit is among us in one sense. God is still walking among us. The inbreaking of the kingdom is currently at hand, right? Mm -hmm. That's what the kingdom is near. Repent for the kingdom is near. Yeah. And I think in reshaping and, and, and renewing that we specifically as believers, right? Not non-believers, mm -hmm. But as believers are called to entirely reorient our lives around the, the, the teachings of Jesus, which is essentially all the scripture holds mm -hmm. to, to reorient our, our very being into that true North of, of walking humbly with God in alignment and reconciliation with him as a person of love, reflecting his character and who he is to the people around me, even whenever I don't like it mm -hmm. and understanding that I'm called to love my enemies and God is, is, is showing compassion and mercy to them every single day. And when they curse me, I'm called to bless them. I'm called to pray for them and not pray hellfire, but to pray blessing mm -hmm. upon them. Yeah. I think just that, that reshaping rethinking. Yeah. And, and you know, that's again, act of worship. It's, it's, you know, we sometimes limit it to singing in church and that's unfortunate because that process of renewing your mind is an act of spiritual worship that is holy and pleasing to God, yeah. you know, that he accepts that part of it. And so, you know, again, the, that time and effort, um, you know, as Mike said, uh, we really don't really grasp how much of other I ideologies and worldviews creep into our own. And we think they're Christian, but but they might not be. <laughs> they might be more um, what, what those around us just think or our culture thinks. They might be a lot more of just what we've kind of been indoctrinated with and we don't quite realize it. So uh, that's a good practice. I just want to encourage you that if, if you're here and listening to this think, Oh, I can't, you know, does this mean I have to think about God 24 seven? Or does this mean that I have to, you know, always be positive and upbeat or I, I've always got to get it right. Like, or again, they just sound like they've got it all figured out. We really don't. Uh, and, and it's really not what we're trying to say. What, what, what we want you to hear in all of this is, taking steps moving in the direction towards god and saying today i i want my mind to to be focused on him and if it's just that five minutes of you thinking that but you, that was five minutes more than was yesterday could be the very start of where you're beginning what, one of the things i've loved is the journeys more than even the destination that we get to now, I know the destination matters, but uh, the journey, the process is just so important uh, because, you know what, uh, sometimes we focus too much on what someone else is doing or, wow, where they are. They, we think they've arrived, and we don't realize what process they went through, or we don't realize God maybe have us on a different process. But, but all of this is just to encourage you to say, when you think of the goodness of God, where does your mind go? 
when you think of his mercies, where does your mind go? When you think of what he's asking and calling us to do today, where does your mind go? When you think of what matters for eternity, where does your mind go? You know, letting your mind move in that direction, uh, whatever that may look like, whether that's more disciplined in a, in a structured environment or whether that's more organic as life is happening, uh, we just want you to, to, to think that, that your mind can be a, a, an act of spiritual worship as you are letting it be renewed by the mercies of God. And again, if this is something that it just seems so foreign to you or, or seems, uh, you know, you don't really, you've heard it and you don't understand it, we, we would love to help you. Uh, it, it, is a, it is an ongoing process. I uh, sometimes sit back and think, man, I, I should be so much further than I am as, as, a, as someone, as a pastor and, and as a believer. But, but, you know, there are some things that God just slowly, as Ryan said, I got to relearn it almost every day over and over and over again. Like, that's just part of this. And there's other things that just, hey, those things are just kind of God-given. Maybe sometimes they're even gifts that he's given to us that allows us to, to move quicker through things. I, I don't know your story or, or where you're at, but, but hear the encouragement that worship can be uh, as simple as renewing your mind day in and day out on the goodness of who God is.